Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week. Local Media This Week, where we look at the papers, we look at the Clare Press, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we give our own take on it and we, we just have a chat about it. Delighted to be joined by our usual panel, John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. And Delighted Pat, to be here. Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Good afternoon, Chip. And David, good to see you after your little rest last week. <laughs> You're back to join us again. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Uh, local media this week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth, based in Fecal, who is... Uh, we're delighted to have her sponsorship for this programme and we thank her very, very much. Uh, looking at the papers, I suppose we'll start with the, the, the front pages of the, the, the papers uh, and the, the whole overcrowding thing, David, uh, reass- what is it, reassuring words, uh, not enough for hospital staff. Yes, that's... And, and a new record broken during the week, or created during the week, trolleys. Yeah, this is the this is Dan Danaher reporting on the front page of the Clare Champion. And yes, you're right, Jim. Uh, 150 patients uh, on trolleys on Wednesday. Um, a new record. Um, this these are the figures, of course, provided by the nursing union, the IMO. Um, fears are growing about the ability of the flagship regional hospital to cope with life-threatening injuries for midwest patients after the public hospital broke overcrowding records three times in the space of two weeks so like it's it's nothing new in a way because they've been breaking these records now for several years but it is shocking that yet again we're at you know, it's a bit deja vu there, I say, um, that we're talking about this again. But um, anyway. David, what has to happen before something serious is going to, as an idea, is going to emerge? I, I, we, as you said, we're getting it every week. We're getting it every week, Front every page. month. Isn't and it's, right? it's, it's often this time of the year, of course, January. Um, and... If there was another outbreak, and they were talking this week about measles and measles outbreak, in fact, if there's another major catastrophe like COVID, and it's inevitable that there will be at some stage, or or let's let's put it this way, if there was a a kind of a disaster where, and I don't even want to be thinking about this, no, but uh, a number of people caught up in some sort of an emergency and they're brought into Limerick, the hospital wouldn't be able to cope. And the nurses are saying now, this is the first time now that the nurses' union have kind of joined in the, uh, in the discourse in public. They're saying, nursing union warns hospital group of overcrowding is at dangerous level. We haven't come up with any suggestion uh, that has been picked on. John, uh, uh, UHL needs to be uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and it's not that. Because the consultants and the other consultants are gone on Friday evening, and then they're on the field back until Monday morning. And then you're going to have a, a big surge in, in people coming in trolleys. Is that a fact? That's a fact, yeah. That's a fact. I, I'm just wondering... That's part of it. It's part of it. The political side of it, and we've talked about this before, you know, if the hospital isn't working, you know, the, it's the HSE who run the hospital, but it's the government who fund the HSE. Mm. Yes. And, and who are the HSE's ultimate bosses. Mm. Why aren't we hearing you know, an outbreak of whatever in, in Dal Why haven't the administrators in 
in Limerick been brought up and questioned? Mm. Why haven't we found out what is the problem? Yeah. Is it, you know, and we've yeah. talked about this before, is it money? And people say you shouldn't be throwing money at health. Is it that we can't recruit people? Or is it that, you know, hopefully it's not that the managers can't manage the hospital. Uh, what is, but there is some reason why this is getting worse and worse. I mean, 15 years ago or so, we, we had 50, 60 people on trolleys and we were horrified mm -hmm. in Limerick. Mm -hmm. Now it's 15 years or so later and the number has doubled and yeah. we're still horrified. Mm -hmm. so Will we be horrified saying, in five years' time when the number goes over 200? Yeah, what are you saying now? It's, the government should get to the bottom of what the problem is. There is a problem, there's no doubt about it. What is it? Is it that Ennis and St. John's and Nina were closed to create a centre of excellence? And that's fine, a centre of excellence is great, and, and we're not criticising the hospital in Limerick because they're, they're brilliant in there. But this question of getting in, and they didn't prepare for when they in an emergency up, situation. They didn't prepare for for this yeah. centre of excellence when they decided when the other hand they decided to close down the, the three other hospitals. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, you you have the biggest catchment area from the further regional hospital. It's it's the biggest catchment area in the country for people for patients. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an election issue, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, sure, it should have been an election issue every year, but other things come out. And uh, mm. but there is a strong group of of uh, campaigners. Um, I, I do, Pat's point about the biggest district. The district probably needs to be carved up, and some of it needs to be and given to Galway. Needs to be built uh, or Tipperary. Yeah, a new, uh, uh, some of those. Ideas a Midlands are. hospital, a Midlands hospital probably needs to be built, which would take Tipperary out of it, for example. Well, we've said it before, we'll say it again. Building is going to take time. It'll yeah. be years in question. Yeah, but we've so been talking about this for years. Yeah, but it's the same issue with the, with the refugee um, and asylum seeker issue. We've been talking about these issues and accommodation issues for probably over a decade now, why John. Not, would why you agree? Don't we build, build. If this were out in a third world country, they'd do it. Why don't we build um, uh, what do you call what do you call the, these units? Modular, modular units, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, strictly for accident and emergency. While you're planning, it, it and may waiting. it may not you see be entirely about the building. It may be as Pat was talking about the availability of consultants and nurses and so on. It could it's pro if it was a simple one issue problem, they would have probably sorted it. I think there's probably. All of the things that you mentioned, issues, yeah. and another set of them that we don't mm. even know about. Mm. Well, I just seen the, in the paper on what was my phone during the week where the the intent that Skull Carmel School, which is closed, that yeah. they intend remodeling that for 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 an outpatient yeah. uh, department. Yeah, and they, yeah. and they have done a little bit of call it sticking plaster work, not no pun intended. But I mean, there, there is an injury unit in Ennis, in Ennis for example, yeah, right. which works one. very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know a neighbour of mine who went to it. Yeah. I think it's open until maybe 8 o'clock at yeah. night. Mm. Yeah, and, that, and, and, and we are also, of course, seeing the development of private hospitals. There's a new private hospital being built in Limerick, in, in um, 
um, the Ballysimon Road. Mm. That's going to be a bond secures. And uh, we've seen these private hospitals offer accident and emergency as well. Now, of course, that's very much for those who can afford private insurance. Yes. But it might, unfortunately, um, take the pressure off the public system. But it but hasn't. I don't know. It hasn't immediately it hasn't. anyway. It hasn't no. immediately. Imagine if they weren't there, how much pressure there would yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. And, and have to move on from There's a story yeah. there, on the, um, just a bit on, the, on page four of the ECO as well, Jim. We are dying of neglect, more record-breaking figures for you, Richard. And there's a, uh, a, yeah. a photograph there of Marie McMahon, her husband, she's on the action committee, and her husband died in a study. A, a, a couple of years back. That's right, we remember that. Yeah, Parik is that story she, 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 there. On the, we, have, we, have, we have given it a sufficient airing. Yeah. We invite the politicians to step into the breach. Yes. Okay? Um, and become part of the conversation that will feed its way back to us in the public media. Yes. John, a yeah. question for you. I'm looking at the, we're still on the front page, the front page of the Echo, and Parik has a story there. Care politician singles out elderly drivers. What's an elderly driver, John? Well, it's a changing um, benchmark, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, what was elderly in your parents' day is no longer so. Elderly, we're changing. Uh, What's the rate? 13 years. Life expectancy in Ireland has increased by 13 years. In 120 years. Yeah, but there's a significant, even in the last 10 years, referred to as well. Now, so therefore, the, the, the elderly is a changing platform. If yeah, I'm just he thinking, hasn't answered your question, though. No, he has I was I just thinking to it. there when, when you said... Good. If the if the increase in life expectancy increases at that kind of pace, yeah. we live forever, John. It can stay ahead of us. I, but I, I can tell you one thing anyway. I'm all for quality, as against quantity. Yes. And that is a, it's light-hearted, but it's also a fact that um, we are because we're living longer. We're making new demands on the health system. I was just going to, just as you were saying it, I was, yeah. that is another factor. We, another are, factor yeah. we are an aging population. So therefore, if we answer Jim's question by saying, uh, ah, sure, 70 is young. The reality of life is 70 now in this year, it is young, mm. okay? Mm. It doesn't it, mean that my body is as, as young. We, we, we are feeling very young anyway, John. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Collins. Well, I always feel young around you anyway. <laughs> But the bigger so question, Jim, the bigger question, gentlemen, is what do what does Councillor Paul Murphy Finnegale feel are elderly drivers? Because of course he made the comment, Pat. Did, what yeah, what yeah. was he talking about? Well, he, he's blaming the for, for knocking over the bottles there and near St. Tenen's College. Knocking over the who? <laughs> the bottles, <laughs> and uh, he's blaming elderly drivers. So. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. And the armadillos. Does he, does he not, really, not, not realise that the, the council elections are coming up and there's a lot of elderly voters? A lot of elderly voters. And, and to know, Jim, as well, the elderly voters vote when maybe the young voters don't vote. Yes, and, yeah. the, and whether the elderly drivers can drive well or not, they certainly can <laughs> vote. vote. They can certainly yeah. vote, yeah. But it is interesting. But the, the whole thing, John, just of ageing is interesting because I know... You know, when I was young, uh, 
You're still young, Jim. I know, yeah, but when I was a youngster, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, I was looking recently at one or two, um, you know, the memoriam cards yes. Mm. Yes. Of, of people, you know, we keep them for people yes. around our place who lived and, and mm. when they died. And uh, looking at some of them, and some of these men, when I looked at them, I'm older, a good bit older at times than they were when then they, mm. when they died. Yeah. And like, okay, I know a young person will always look at an older person and say they're old, but they looked old. They mm. still look old in yeah. the photographs. Mm. So there's def there is no comparison between a 70-year-old person 50 years ago None. and a 70-year-old person no. now. Well, are, are any I think, I think Jim, the, the people you're talking about also worked outside every day of their lives. They were weather-beaten. They might have even smoked, and smoking ages a person as well. And and so that's a it's a very perceptive. Actually, you don't you don't see sorry John you don't see anyone smoking. All very few people smoking. Actually, we sometimes accuse, suggest that those who are in a position to kind of position in life don't act out. They stay hidden behind the haycock. And um, what is it? it? It'll come back. It'll come back to me. Yes. Uh, so move on, Jim. Okay, but it's just you know. I suppose where did I? There was something on the other evening, an interview with somebody, in a, a kind of a RTE archive, and the interviewee was interviewing your man, and he was smoking, smoking. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The interviewer was yeah. smoking. I mean, you would yeah. never see that now. No, no, no. no. They would do it even if they were smokers. Yeah. Well, but in any event, Councillor Murphy got into a lot of trouble um, when he made this motion. Um, and Councillor Pat Daly um, forced, to, forced him to withdraw the motion, in fact, and said it was unbelievable and regressive that um, he would have said this. Yeah. Um, so so according, according to the Clarecastle native, elderly people are not able to deal with the traffic calming measures introduced in 2018. That is a bigger issue, and that is incompetent driver, driving. Them being the grammar, the gra I know when, of course, people speak, they speak in a different way. But when, when it's written down yeah. grammatically, yeah. it mightn't be entirely. Yeah, yeah. John, let's come back to you. Grammatical, it has. Yeah. <coughs> we sometimes accuse. I thought I was on it. Accuse um, our leaders as not having a vision. It's not right. We we say um, now. I'm experiencing a, um, a system which I can only report as being exceptionally visionary. Okay. And it is a, a, a structure which they have in the, in the hospital in Ennis for people who are, are over, over 70. And the idea is to take you through a program to ensure that the, the muscles and the joints that are crucial as you get older do not seize. Mm. And the idea is to teach, if you're lucky enough to get in, and, and all you've got to do to get in there is go to your GP, and if you're in the age level. It's exceptionally good. Um, and I, I've been going now for about five times, and I have two more to go. And the idea behind it is 
acknowledging that we are getting older and that it's very, very significant, very, very important that we actually say, make sure we do not let our muscles, our joints atrophy. Is that a mm. yes. word? That would, okay. And uh, it's, an ex, it's an exceptionally good, very basic, um, I'm in the final throes of it. It's up to me now to actually be, behave my, in myself mm. to make sure that the variety of joints and what have you. And it's a, it has a team of five or six led by a doctor and, um, and uh, a specialist nurse. I suppose, John, it's, it's looking ahead uh, to a time, which is now, yeah. which, where people are living longer. Yes. And, and living, I suppose, living actively longer. Yes, and, and at home. Yes. Yeah, you keep them out of hospital, keep them out of a nursing home. Yes. And they would say, in, in 90% of cases, it is possible. Yes. But it requires this... For thought. Absolutely. Yes. So I, I feel that when you're mentioning... Um, life expectancy, there's a price for ageing, there's a price for living longer, it can be a positive price or it can be a negative price. Okay. John, uh, okay. just as a small story there. Since you're Kelly, these stories are about Kelly's. Yeah, there's okay. another a story there about a friend of yours, John, uh, TJ Kelly is calling time on oh, yes. the council career and he's 83 and he has been 50 years in the council. So um, he's, he's, he's stepping away from the from How would you assess his legacy, Pat? Five decades of serving the people. I, I don't know, sure. I, 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 we wouldn't, I wouldn't be his, we want to be in his area. So, so he's looking after West Clare. He always struck me from reading the newspapers um, since I arrived in this county and since I started this show as, as a contrarian. Is what yeah, I would say, and maybe David, and David, David, you might enjoy that. Maybe David, you'll be eighty, but you can't say He deliberately <laughs> provokes his audience. He enjoys the banter. He enjoys debate. And of course, so, that's what gets a lot of media attention, isn't it? It is. Well, I suppose those people who are are have judged him are the electorate. True. And they have returned him to the county council for, for five, five decades. For five decades. And that has to, you know, say that he has, as far as they're concerned, he has done well. Yeah. From the point of view of planning, and, and he is a pain to the, uh, the official office in Ennis. Yeah. Yeah. Always Which is probably his job. Absolutely. Well, that, of course, is the job, mm, yeah. because councillors don't really have an awful lot of authority. We wish him the best of health well, in his indeed. Indeed. A long retirement. The other Kelly that uh, is on page three, or sorry, page four of the Clare Champion is the photographer John Kelly. And Owen Ryan has a piece there on page four. Shots of Shamey put John Kelly in the frame for national recognition. And uh, the picture is of a young fellow there with a very, um, I don't know what, striking face. Mullet. The way he's looking at, at the camera. But this uh, is the child that was on the toy show. But the photograph of seven-year-old Shamie Garrahy, uh, which won Clare Champion photographer John Kelly, his 19th PPAI award at the weekend. Yeah. So uh, how, how are we going for time, Jim? Uh, we're okay for time, John, for the moment, yeah? Yeah, because yeah. We, have, um, we have some very interesting stuff hmm. coming up. 
we'll get just before just to send our congratulations to, to John Kelly okay. for um, the work he puts Jim, in. Jim, there's one thing one yeah. thing that might spark a bit of interest on page eleven of the Clare Champion. DNA search for lost Clare father, it says here. An English family is appealing to the people of Clare to help them trace a man who could be their long-lost relative. Um, and there's that program on... Um, there's, two pro there's a couple of programs on, on various TV channels about finding, uh, finding your ancestors and finding your living, your living relatives. But there's a photograph here of a man who is thought to be the father of uh, Louise McNamara. She lives in Coventry in England. She herself was born in Coventry in England. And she believes that her father, whose name is Francis McNamara, um, was born in London in 1956, but was unofficially adopted soon after his birth and has no memory of his birth mother or father. But there seems to be a, there, there's a picture of him there on the paper. Some, per, some person might have some knowledge of him. Um, and uh, they're doing all sorts of DNA uh, uh, searching as well. So maybe people will, will know something about that yeah. and help out this woman. All, all they're looking for is, you know, where they, where they came from and who, who the family might be. Would you ever submit your own DNA well, uh, for one of those um, tests? Ancestry. Yeah, well, I've been UK. very tempted. I know John has. I've been very tempted to do it. I haven't done it because I'm a big genealogist. I've, I can trace back the, all members of the family for about six generations. Uh, I think I've tracked down all my known relatives um, in whatever country they are. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering what a DNA test might reveal oh, other sorts of relatives that were kept hidden. But I, I, I will do it at some stage. I just haven't had a yeah. chance. You've done it, John. Uh, yeah, but I, I didn't go beyond getting my own DNA oh, yes. okay. I, I had no intention of, of entering Put, into international uh, uh, letter writing and yes. finding out things. So nobody, you didn't put the, fa the facts weren't put out for everyone to see? Uh, well, the basic facts of the initial uh, uh, testing yes. done. And once yes. that, uh, I get a feedback of stuff coming into me. But I don't reply. I know. Oh, like yes. David, I've, I've but you would have got correspondence oh, yeah. from... David, yeah, but they... Um, and that's how they make the money. Yes. Okay, yeah. on that one. And have you... There's a lot of Irish in you. There's a lot of Irish in me. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Irish. There are a couple of extraneous, uh, uh, you know, intrusions. I wonder, <laughs> wonder about them, uh, where they... <laughs> where they came in. You see, that, that's where my scepticism comes in, because what, what is Irish? I mean, and, and uh, the Flemings would have come from Europe originally and helped to subdue the population with the Norman. Like, what is, what is Irish? What is Welsh? We're all mixed up on these two islands. Mm. Um, so it's a very, I don't, we don't have time to go into it, but uh, it, is a, it is a complex one, and um, we, 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 we'll have to discuss it another day, I suspect. Okay. The O'Briens, I suppose, are pure, anyway. Pure? <laughs> pure. Pure Clare. Pure Clare. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one or two ones. As money point, uh, there's a money point is changing. At long last, yes, there seems to be action. Isn't that right? 
Yeah, Money point is changing from coal to oil, yeah. and it says on a temporary basis. In order, yeah. It was supposed to be, you know, going green, but um, this, I think, is, is the, a response to the, to the kind of uncertainty around the production of electricity, yeah. Pat, isn't it? And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it won't be working as much as it was, and it's not at, even at the present time, but it's only just um, a backup for, for when, 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 when we don't have the wind blowing. But Pat, you and I during the week were at a, a conference yeah. in, in, in Glore, Ennis, yeah. in Glore, organised by Timmy Dooley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was from, that? Uh, well, Timmy is maybe vice president, or uh, he's a high office holder anyway, in the ALDE, A-L-D-E party. Not the uh, shop. Not the <laughs> shop, not ALDE. Uh, A-L-D-E. I can't remember what it stands for. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he had a very, I would say, Pat, very impressive conference, conference yeah. in, in Glow on, on, on Thursday night. And who was on, there, Pat? On Friday morning. You had, um, you, you had, all the, the, you had a, a lot of politicians, Irish politicians. You had Billy Keller was there, and uh, um, uh, your man from Limerick, um, Niall, Niall Collins. Niall Collins. Yeah. And then you had um, clear politicians would say, what was there? There was a lot of councillors. But that's you not what made it impressive. Uh, you had the European Commissioner yeah, there. The Commissioner yeah, there. Your, European Commissioner. Uh, and uh, the, the. You know the ministers, Jack Chambers. Jack was Chambers there. was there as well. Yeah. And Charity McConnell. Yeah, so what were all these politi politicians talking about? Well, they were talking about their. It was all about, uh, we'll say. Um, which was all mainly about wind energy and um, a lot of hot air and, uh, and well, uh, well moving air moving air out, moving the uh, out uh, putting up those um, turbines out in the out in the Atlantic mm. and they had a lot of the, the ESP were there there was a, the head of the ESP was there and he he they showed they had a they had a big um, a big screen. And they showed all the various plans they had for money pointing for... Um, Mary Considine was there from Shannon Airport. Mary Considine was there as yeah. well, talking about the decarbonisation of Shannon Airport. And, there was yeah, it was very impressive. Was very there impressive was, uh, there was and, uh, somebody representing Board Gash, yeah. uh, somebody representing Amazon, somebody... Mm -hmm. These would be senior people now. So what did you take out of it? Uh, that it's going to happen. That they... It's going to happen, it's going to happen, I think, that we will have hundreds of um, floating, wind. floating wind farms. They'll be floating at the top, they will be tied to the bottom, they won't be will sort they, of... They'll be beyond the horizon. Oh yes, some of them will be beyond yeah. the horizon, yes. We've, yeah. we've, seven times, we've seven times our own water around Ireland. Our own seven, ti seven times our land area in water. In water. That we can put up those things in. So yeah. it's 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 a goose that can lay several golden eggs. Yeah, a lot well, of golden eggs. Well, did anybody ask them why aren't they getting going? They are getting going to a point to see the, the When will the, we see the first of these wind farms off the Atlantic, off the Clare coast? Well, they didn't, they didn't say that now, Jim. So of course, they didn't say it. Well, they're no, they're looking at in in the thirties. The 2030. By 2030, they have a certain amount of, of all this subsidies. Right. So no. in, in, in six years' time, we'll see the first wind no, farms. No. The first thing that needs to be done, and speaker after speaker brought this up, and we, we've often spoken around the table here, like 
why are we still thinking about it or mm. sitting in why haven't aren't we started now whatever the government are doing or not doing or the civil service the various stakeholders involved are certainly putting plans in place and i'm talking about the esb in particular yeah. um, various there was a group called they used to be known as Statile, Equinor. Yeah. They were represented there. Is the Norwegian state. Uh, and they would have plans in place. And a lot of them today, I'd say, Pat, were begging the government to start this mapping the, the, sea. Yeah, the, the sea. sea. There's a thing called DMAP, and it's Designated Maritime Area yeah. Plan. Yeah. And they have to select, let's say, a place where they're going to put these things and do a plan for it so that when they do put these things there, these uh, turbines, that they're not going to be destroy the fish life or mm -hmm. plant life or animal or whatever it is there. And they kind of have to do this first. Yeah. And this hasn't happened yet, mm -hmm. um, but they're about to do it. Did them, did, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be dealt with in public, but what's crossing my mind is the Norwegian um, experience with the ESP. Do you remember? They had a partnership. They did, and, the, and they withdrew because of slow action on the government. Yeah, so we need, was that we need action. That was Equinor. Yeah. They but were they're still around. But they were definitely as well. They were. Jim, perhaps they'll, I know we're coming to half time, but perhaps they'll, um, when they're doing the mapping, they'll discover something off the Clare coast besides wind energy. There's a piece on page three of the uh, of the champion, which says there's a just before we go off, yes. the Ekenov uh, fellow, the fellow, the head man in Ekenov said today, they were putting up those wind turbines uh, up in the North Sea, and one one twelve one twelve of 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 those would, would power a house for twenty four hours. Just yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Word. One should we know we know all this, and we we like we we should have been doing it. The wind farms up in the North Sea have been there for quite some time, yeah. and the English and the the English mostly the Scots, I suppose, and the Norwegians and the Danish are way ahead of us, way ahead of us. Yes. We're at sea, if you'll pardon the pun, on this on this question, and we're catching up, and we're not even caught up yet. And the the, the lady from the the minister from Sweden. Yes, she said they were, they 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 have their car they have it down to they have it down very low haven't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. The, the one the one good thing is that the area that area that Pat talked about off the west coast, which is our economic zone, yeah. which is about what seven times seven times the, the size of the land the, the, yeah. the land of Ireland, that the potential there for wind. Oh, sure, it's going exactly. to be constant. It's constant, yeah. and it can it will be able to supply. And we'll never need money point. We'll never have a. We, maybe occasionally it doesn't. We might well, blow, but money we'll point never is going to be vital because uh, they're going to manufacture those. They're going to put all those. Uh, are going to be manufactured um, at money point. In money point. Oh, well, between good. money point and fines. And fines, right, and right, they'll be floating out from fines. Yeah. And, and the thing and is, the we'll say a couple of other things from it is that we'll say that the the main lines. Bringing the electricity, and they are in. They go from Money Point up to, to Dublin, Dublin area. Mm -hmm. And John Fitzgerald in today's Irish Times in the business section. In Friday's talk, Irish Times. Uh, in Fridays, is it Fridays? Talks about the um, 
question of a, a single electricity body handling the north-south interconnector. interconnector. Mm. Mm -hmm. The other thing talking about uh, yeah. mm. the other thing as well like, that we're talking about this week in at the conference is how to store electricity. How oh, to yeah. store what they manufacture? The big question, and that's a big question. Now, there's there were two methods talked about. One is, but it's nowhere yet. Developing batteries that that can nice. store huge amounts of yeah. electricity. But the other one was converting uh, electricity into, into hydrogen, hydrogen. Uh, yeah. by is it electrolysis or whatever, yeah. putting electricity through water to. Create hydrogen. Mm. Create the hydrogen. Yeah. I'd and say we're very close to it. A lot of the main scientists are working on that. I know colleagues in, in UL who are working on, bat on, the, on, on the ba making that's batteries far yeah, more yeah, efficient. Yeah. But they talked about, you were asking John about, we'll say, um, the, the Shannon Estuary. You have Bar Rotterdam is the deepest port, the mm. deepest water yeah. in Europe. Mm. That's one thing. You have an area out to sea that's brilliant for wind. Um, the other thing they're looking for is they have connectivity. They have the pylons there. They have connectivity. They have an airport right beside where it is. Mm -hmm. um, and the, there were, oh yeah, the universities mm -hmm. in Limerick mm -hmm. and Galway, which are very important as well. Yeah. So all the... Um, but I think, Jim, we know all of this. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, we, we were talking last year about the task force who pointed out all of this and said the other important thing is the money. Yes. There needs to be a lot of money. Well, the, 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 the head of the test force was, was on the penalty. Right. The right. second is the need for a thorough upgrading of our port system. Well, it'll be fines that'll have to be yeah. upgraded. But all of, no, the, no, all of these pylons are going to be made on site yeah. at the estuary yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, on one side or the other. Yeah. And when the electricity comes back, all the the creation of hydrogen and of all of yeah. that will happen there. So it, it will be huge. I think mm -hmm. the, the ESB have three or four hundred acres there around one point. Yeah. But we need the DMAP. Yeah. We yeah. need that done because nothing can happen. It's, so it, who, who, who generated this, this conference? Because it's Timmy Dooley himself, what? Timmy. Timmy. Senator yeah. Timmy Dooley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he brought everybody in. He's involved in the ALDE, ALDE party in Europe, and um, he brought the, the commissioner, and Commissioner Simpson. What? He also brought the Minister for Energy in Sweden, mm. Pat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's and, then, and we had... The, 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 the commissioner, she was from Latvia. Latvia. And, yeah, Tinny was, Tinny was, um, Tinny was a for the bad weather yesterday, and the cold, and the misfortune. Oh, she said, she's minus 18, and like, let's, let's just grant here. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Pat, we, we've gone beyond half time again. A bit of music, maybe. Oh, yeah. With, what? Relax us. <laughs> with, with, there's a lovely photograph there of, of Willie Daly in the front, Jim. Yes. In front of the champion, uh, with, with Daisy, um, the champ, champion mascot. And uh, Willie is uh, celebrating um, um, Valentine's, which is coming up next week. So we have John Paul Young with uh, Love is in the Air. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thanks, Pat. Now, uh, half-time is over and uh, different uh, 
person trying to drive the ship and uh, I noticed that she went over time in the first half lad so uh, we don't have much time to well, get that's into why, the second part. Luke that's why we've got rid of Jim <laughs> and we've asked you to come back to make, yeah, well, control well, us. I don't think Jim is the problem I think it's the three he tried to be controlled is the issue but listen I, I'm told there's a topic you didn't get to in the first half. Uh, I, I, I suppose well we had John Paul <laughs> Young lovers in the air but uh, there's a lot of love wasn't in the air off the, uh, the coast of a uh, Claire many years ago, David. Page no, three. Page on, three of the Clare champion. champion. Yeah, not a lot of love at all in County Clare or indeed the West Coast at all. We are, of course, talking a long, long time ago, back in the 1580s when the Spanish Armada, the great expedition to invade uh, Queen Elizabeth's England, Queen Elizabeth I, of course, um, by Spain, the superpower of the time, and, uh, of course, it wasn't, all that it wasn't successful at all. And the Spanish ships, the Spanish Armada, several hundred ships, in fact, um, tried to make their escape. And instead of going back along the English Channel, they decided to go up around Scotland, yeah. come down the via West Ulster Coast. and the West Coast yeah. back to Spain. Of course, they didn't figure mm. on all of that air and wind that we were talking about in the first half of the, yeah. of the show, Luke, which was going to be powering our electricity uh, for years air. to come. Several ships were lost. And uh, there's a story here on page three, as you mentioned, by Sharon Dolan Darcy, claiming that there could be still some treasure left out there um, off the coast, and not too far off the coast, of about five or to 600 metres from Dunebeg, a ship called the San Esteban, or the San Sebastian, not sure which is right, um, was wrecked there um, in September 1588, just uh, off White Strand north of Dunebeg, if you know it. And um, it was part of, part of uh, a particular squadron. It was a vessel of six, 736 tons, carried 246 men, John, um, and 26 guns from the port of Karuna. Um, the poor chaps, if, <laughs> they didn't get too... Like, How much did we, did we welcome them? Tell the truth. Well, there wasn't, there wasn't any welcome because many of these, when they were trying to get on shore for having saved their lives, were, were murdered, yeah. were killed by the, by, um, the Irish. Now, the by government... The, but, uh, mind you, when you open a school book, you won't mm. see too much about it. You won't it see too much about it. Because it's a, it was a bit of an embarrassment. Because yeah, ten years later, of course, the Spanish come back yeah. um, and uh, attempt to support Hugh O'Neill's rebellion uh, at the Battle of Kinsale, and they lose that. But orders were given, as Pat O'Brien very quickly pointed out there when we were talking about this earlier, orders were given by the government of Queen Elizabeth to kill everybody. Yes, yes. <laughs> so and, the and Irish were good citizens on that point. There was, there was a price for, uh, to be paid if they didn't, if they allowed True. people True. ashore and, and uh, gave them shelter, yeah. uh, they ran the risk of being slaughtered. Oh, indeed, of supporting the enemy. Yeah, the O'Briens rode the, the, the fence. And they did, of course, they did, you see. They, 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 rode the, they, they played yeah. both sides. Yes. <laughs> I, I note that you've referred to uh, the ship with the treasure maybe off the coast of Dunebeg. I wonder, is the West Coast Hotelier going to claim any of it? <laughs> uh, I'm sure... <laughs> 
<laughs> once there's a sniff of it, he'll be around yeah, exactly. sniffing. But, but, but then, uh, then I suppose the other side is that uh, in, uh, they also named a hotel after the event. The that, is still, hotel. that is still going strong the to this day. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, the, the picture here shows Dr. John Tracy, whom I know, and uh, he's a great man. He's the acting heritage officer of Clare County Council. He's very excited about it. And Luke, I think you'll be interested and other people will be interested in this because there's a lot of technological um, endeavour going into a project which might go and try and find this. Now, you might be asking, uh, why is there a load of treasure uh, on a Spanish Armada ship that was going to invade England? There was lots of money brought to, to support the invasion. Once they landed in England, they were going to divvy out this money amongst whomever needed to be divvied out to raise the army, to raise the English. But, of course, that didn't happen. So all the money went to the bottom of the sea. Right. Well, mm. we'll, we'll go from uh, the Spanish Armada. We'll come back over our own side of the, the country. And uh, there is an article on page two of the living section. But uh, the, on the, the banner headline will say on page one, Pat, uh, we've just, it's of the living section. There's a great photograph there which sort of links into it and there's going to be a shameless plug here now for the next five minutes of it because the, the programme is going to be broadcast uh, next week on our own little station. Um, Seamus Bugler and Paddy Gooney. Seamus is, a, 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 I'm sure, a man you know well, Pat. From Mount Shannon, yeah. yeah. yeah Seamus often played it over in, the, in, in, in the my establishment. Yeah. 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 Uh, Radio Days in Fetal Pub. Uh, the magic of short spell is captured in a new documentary and it's on page two of the living and you have Seamus is there and uh, two, two, um, two Cardian players. Yep. Yeah. And, and the, I'm not going to tell you all the story now, but I, there is a story in it that Seamus learned to play uh, the accordion from Paddy Gooney's grandfather. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Paddy learned to play from Seamus. It's yeah. a great story. Oh, he'll, have to nice. he'll have to tune in to get the yeah. full length of it. Yeah. That's uh, now on next. It's on, uh, so, so it'll be on sun Sunday week. Uh, the, it's been launched in shorts uh, next Thursday night because the story yes. is basically about um, the long and, and the short of it, the Thursday night in Fecal, the uh, Thursday night sessions that have been going on in Shorts Pub, uh, previously Lena's in Fecal for over 54 years. It's been launched up there. Cleena Donlan is the lady uh, responsible for it, uh, the producer of the programme. It'll be a one hour broadcast on the radio on uh, one o'clock on Sunday week and it's also going to be released as a three-part podcast and the reason that's been done is because there is so much content that Cleena recorded and so much great content that was got. The full story in relation to shorts, uh, it's a bit like the, there's the, the history of it, there's the tradition of it and then there are the links, we'll say the family links that exist in relation to it and it's a fascinating story. Look, I, I can't wait to find out where do the shorts come from, the long and the short of it. Uh, well, no, John, I can't give away all the secrets Only that of it, but Ger Short is the current owner of yes. the premises, mm -hmm. and uh, Ger came from Limerick. He bought it about 25 years ago. In 1996. Mm -hmm. And, I, and the, of course, Short, Pat yeah. Short, he bought it's it a very Limerick name. Lena Hanrans. Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, and you're just going to have to listen, John, because I will listen, there, are some, there are some great stories of uh, Lena's times, and when it was handed over, you know, when uh, Ger took it over, and the events that have gone, gone on since then. So uh, it, there, a lot of the people that have been spoken to, half of them will call it Lena's, 
some of them will call it shorts, shorts. but they'll say we're in here at shorts and 10 seconds later uh, and yeah. we're talking about Lena's. <laughs> and there's a there's a lovely uh, mirror in the pub yes in, in the main function room and it's Lena's. it's it, a fascinating uh, oh it is yeah. it's it's a it's a great story for um east clare and uh it's it's something that has been going on since before the Willie Clancy Festival, you know, and so it, 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 it's a, a very musical heritage, we'll say, from, from our side of the fence. It's, it's, it's what we call it, don't we call this intangible heritage? It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, music yeah. and, and, and venues like this, you know, it could so easily have vanished, but it took a lot of effort for both the players, presumably Luke and the musicians, but also the owners of the pub and the people coming simply to keep it going, you know. Uh, and and the tough times as well as the good times. People ask any time I'm outside of Clare and uh, the reference comes up to East Clare and to Vigil, the yeah. Scars and Tungraney and the surrounding area. And this, uh, I've been asked this so often, you know, is there an East Clare sound? Do you know? That's unique to actually the... Um, and I said, well, uh, they tell me there is an East Clare sound. Mm. I, I would not be a man that could uh, comment in a favourable manner on it because I said I don't have a note in my head. <laughs> but the picture of that man that is on the front page, yes, yes. Uh, Seamus, Seamus, is a man very much responsible for the East Clare sound. Pat, you will know a lot more. Yeah, well, there is a certain amount, uh, they say that there is a certain amount of, uh, of a different, different way East Clare music is played than West Clare music. So, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not an expert in that, although I had lots of, I had, I had sessions in, in my own pub for 20 years, yes. and they were there before my time yeah. as well, so there was a lot of different players from both West Clare and East Clare and Limerick and Innes and all, all, all over the place. Pat, it could, it could have been lost, as David said. So you easily, know? you know, yeah. so it's easily. A, so it's a great it's a success massive, story. It is, it's great also that uh, the radio has decided to record it and to um, to capture yeah. that story. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I think that there is a story to it. It's mm. not just a uh, it's not just a few Episodic. musicians playing yeah, a few yeah. tunes. There is a and in so many ways it's only scratching the rim of all the stories that are yeah. there. But mm. I think it's something that will give a great. Um, a great overview, and I, what I would say is, it could be volume one. Ah, yes, indeed. <laughs> Will you remind us, Luke, again? When is it going to be aired? Yeah, it's it's going to be aired on, on the radio here on Scarif Bay on Sunday week at one p.m. And we said, if you're up in shorts uh, next Thursday night, uh, you'll get maybe a sneak preview of some of what it is. So there will be plenty of people there anyway. Uh, and if, if anybody wants to get a sneak preview of it, they'll be able to get there. There'll be a bit play. But if yeah, anyone, the article is on, it, is on page two. two. If anyone wants to read about it, and any yeah. of our listeners wants to read about it, no shortcuts from the old documentary about whom yeah. of East Clare tried. And then, then it has the story, and there's a beautiful photograph there. Um, Scarlet's Bay Radio, Cleaner Donlan, recording a documentary in one of the longest running music sessions, which is ongoing in shots for over 54 years. Interviewee Paddy Gooney is watched by Maria McMahon and Derek Credit Union, Jerry Sharp, Paul Warner, local man Seamus Bubbler, house musician for Thursday night sessions over 30 years, and Marie McNamara of Scarlet Bear Radio. And there's a beautiful photograph there of, of them all sitting around and having, a, having tea and scones and 
I don't see any drink around the place. So. It was early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when that photo was taken by, by, by the one, by the, the other John Kelly. Uh, John is it? Yeah, it, it's a lovely photo. Listen, it's great to get a bit of exposure for it. And I know there's a lot of of the musical people are looking looking forward to that. Right, right. Listen, yeah. we'll move on to the page thirteen, the East Clare. Uh, notes in, in, in the champion and David there's mm. something you want to bring to mind there yeah well I was just at the bottom of the page there Luke actually caught my eye Mount Shannon boats must shape up or ship out unsightly and abandoned boats need to be removed from Mount Shannon Harbour according to a local councillor um, and this is Pat Burke Fine Gael, um, speaking at a recent Killaloo Municipal District meeting um, complained that there are seven or eight abandoned boats, including one that is being used as a residence on water. Um, and he says, uh, he says that they must be removed. Um, Waterways Ireland are very quick to move unsightly and abandoned boats. They will not leave them there so long, he said. With an increase in visitors to Mount Shannon expected from the new visitor centre, looking out on Holy Island, it is not nice to see boats abandoned and left them, including one that was sunk. The council needs to up their game. No boats are being left near Draman Harbour. You see, there, there's an issue, I think, um, in relation to the harbour in that it's Waterways Ireland, John, are responsible for the boats in the harbour. Uh, over, we'll say, where people go swimming is the council's responsibility. Ah. But it's not, it's not as crystal clear as that the council should be going in to do X, Y and Z, David. Um, the, like there are licensing issues, we'll say, for boats on the Shannon that you have to have a waterway. Yes, uh, and they're uh, quite Ireland. strict. Yes, they, they are. Waterways yeah. Ireland have yeah. strict bylaws. Yeah, so there there is a little bit of. Um, it's strange, isn't it, that Waterways Ireland's authority doesn't extend beyond the harbour? Oh, there's listen. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know why. That, 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 that would be an ecumenical matter. But I think it, it's a countrywide issue. Uh, you know, for you have legacy issues as well. Yeah. Like waterways didn't exist thirty years ago. You know, so it was all do, done by the council. But uh, the article that's there is there anything else in it, David? That you want to highlight? Well, does, um, um, okay, David. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Deep, as Bridgeton I see, celebrate four decades of work. So Tony O'Brien, there, he's the municipal district chairman for um, the Killaloo area and um, he's there with the, the Killaloo and the Bridgetown ICA who are celebrating 40 years and they have planted a tree in the, in, in the village. So there's a nice photograph there with Tony and the, 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 in the their 40 in years. The of, page. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Now Pat, uh, uh, there was hot air and uh, cold air and uh, turbines in episode one are part one, but I'm told there's a little bit of um, frustration and annoyance uh, with Irish water in, in your local patch. Uh, the the yeah. notes page on the mills there in the Champion. Tell us yeah, what page is And page seven of the Town and Country uh, section there, Jim. Um, in the living. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in the living section, uh, in the notes, we uh, say Town and Country notes. Uh, there was this binding petition last weekend when it was announced that Clare County Council had turned down plans to build 61 houses on the Torah Road on the edge of Petition Village. The reason given was that the wastewater treatment plant would not be able to support the additional wastewater. It also stated that Irish Water had no plans or finance to upgrade the wastewater plant. The wastewater treatment plant was built in 1999 and the drainage system in the village was also installed. One wonders why there was no plans made for additional capacity as Kikishan is close to Limerick Shannon Linus. And I suppose, as Luke, you said normally, uh, no forward planning. Yeah. 
And like I know Pat, um, it was said to me by um, a person I was talking to last week that is it less than 20 years since the sewer scheme was upgraded in the mills? Uh, in Kilkishan. Oh, sorry, in Kilkishan. Yeah, yeah, it was built, a new system was put in in 1999. Yeah. Only, um, obviously only to accommodate the existing population, presumably. Yeah, well, it was, uh, there is houses built since now. There has right. been a few estates built since. But not able to... Now, 61 new houses, would that double the size of the existing place? Or what, how, what, what sort of capacity are we talking about? Well, it was... Uh, well, it would, it would, it would be a, a, a substantial amount. Of course, in general, you have three or four estates there, which would, would have... Yeah, but you, have already, you already have estates. So, David, if you yeah, think yeah. about it, there's planning for over 50 houses in Tungreni. Mm, you know, is, and yeah. you said that would make a big difference, because we don't have a... a and do you think our, our, the Tungreni, or the Tungreni Scarif wastewater treatment is up? Is sufficiently well. well no, I'll 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 refer to our learned colleague here <laughs> to my right, who I, I think would be able to indicate. I would imagine it's up to scratch, John. The scarf, but Tomb Rain is independent. Well, isn't is not linked into it. Well, I don't know because yeah. um, the council decided uh, that they would take the the uh, wastewater from the edge of the village market. Okay. That'll be above my house. But there was a bit of trouble in the county council over the way the allocation, the financial allocation was spent. Okay. And the west, the place in the west of Clare that suffered was rewarded by getting a section of the Scarif money withdrawn from the Scarif and put in to achieve the objective in West Clare. Mm. And our house even though it was within the village itself, and the, the and my neighbours yeah. with, okay, within the village markings mm. um, were cut out mm. and were left outside. Yeah, the and I think, John, if memory serves right, that um, the scheme that was done for Scarif was finished just in time for the collapse of the economy. But that, so that yeah. there was going to be no yeah. more, you know, there were very few houses yeah. built. So yes, there is, yeah. there certainly is capacity. But it's, it's a problem everywhere, really. If, if, our, if our, all of our systems are not joined up. So if there isn't electricity going to a place, the ESB will put the electricity there, mm -hmm. right? You'll pay your two, three, four, I'd say it's very expensive to get electricity where, where there yeah, isn't. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the ESB will do it. Mm -hmm. If there isn't wastewater treatment in a place, the, way, the Ishka Aaron should be obliged to do it mm. in a timely manner and the council should be like the council sh this should be part of the county development plan but and they sure. should be both talking to each yeah, other yeah but sure the problem with it David and we say it was alluded to last week in some of the articles that were in the papers is, is that basically the council are no longer have any involvement with Irish water there was a period of time where the, the, the great uh, slang uh, service level agreement mm. that took place basically between what was Irish Water and is now Ishgear and whatever the variation of it is called now that that was re replaced at the tail end of last year with a new agreement and it basically means that now the, whereas in the past it was sort of council staff were doing the work on behalf of Irish mm. Water that's no longer the case they're their own uh, self yeah. entity and that's how it's going forward for the next number of years but what I'm saying is the council is responsible for the development of the development of our towns and villages um, through the county development plan. They are the ones who will determine growth in particular areas. 
if we if you if they have said Kilkishan is a place where yes we are willing to give planning permission for houses they need to know that Ishka Aaron have the facilities there to, to be able to facilitate yeah, those houses. Yeah. No. They obviously didn't. No. Well, yeah, well, um, this was put in by the County Council because Ishka Aaron wasn't there at that time. This was done back in 1999, but that's only just 20, what, 24 or 5 yeah, years ago, yeah. 23 years. Yeah. So, like, you know, there isn't an awful lot, like you'd say, look, there isn't an awful lot of, as, as Luke says, there's no forward planning because Kilkishan is 10 miles from Shannon, about 10 miles from Limerick, and about 10 or 10 or 12 minutes. And surely if you put in a solar system, you're going to have people are going to build houses there and are mm. going to buy houses. Well, as a geographic location, Kilkishan is ideal. Mm. Yeah. You know, as you said, Pat. As a commuter village. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but mm. yeah, it's you, a you said you're, you're 10 from Shannon, you're, you're 10, you know, say, from, from, the same from Limerick, 10, 10 from Tulla, 10 from the motorway. It, mm. It's an ideal location. So but, you'd imagine there should be some public public. So what's the solution, Pat? I don't know. I don't know what the solution is going to be. I don't, I, I don't know. It was announced last weekend. So that's okay. that's that's where well, right. I I have to I'm going to have a, a meet, uh, an interview with Michael Hogan who was the chairperson of the community council over the weekend so we'll, we'll Look, see what the, what what way it works out. There's an interesting uh, exhibition coming up in the Clare Museum. Okay, yeah, yeah, David, yeah. you didn't happen to see that, did you? Uh, I did. Uh, there's a photograph there, page, John, page, isn't there? Page, of page, page twelve. You've about thirty 12, seconds left. So go on, John. The, the champion. Okay. Now. Do you know, we've often talked about this before, and uh, it is now coming to light. Artifacts, historic artifacts, okay. strong emphasis on the GAA, uh, with the stories going with the art artifacts. Do you know what we're talking about? Um, something from the last 150, or if somebody has a, a hardly going back another 100 years, uh, on exhibition, with the accompanying story, which of course makes the exhibition very, very interesting. Yeah, this this is in the Clare is in this the, is in the Clare the Museum, Clare and Museum. it's all about it's the GAA in one hundred objects. In one hundred objects, a lovely I can idea. Only, it's it? a it's a lovely idea. I can only think of a few objects: a hurley, a slitter, a few boots. Uh, well, but there must be a lot more. You have photographs. Probably have photographs as well, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She, the the the, the Siobhan and, and Doyle, who is, who is the curator, is holding a football. Yeah. Something that Claire isn't um, used to, I suspect. That's why it's in the museum. Well, if you were watching Blackshore last weekend, uh, David, you'd see that there is a local football team. Is there? In, in television land, there is. Anyway, right. listen, we're, we're, we're under pressure, John. We're out of time. It's uh, time for me to say uh, thank you, John. Thank You're you, welcome. David. Thank you, Luke. And uh, thank you, Pat. And Pat. Thank you. Thanks, Jim could still be here. Uh, well, we, we had love in the air for, uh, was that for Valentine's? Uh, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll keep the love thing going oh, for this week. Do we have to? <laughs> Tina Charles, 1976. Uh, I love to love. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, from us, goodbye. Take care. <laughs>